Yes, yes, yes. Let's just have a little talk with Jesus. That's what we're going to do today, have a little talk about Jesus. Hey, welcome. My name is Gary Brooks, one of the pastors, along with Pastor Daniel Refner. We are glad you are here for the beginning of the Marvel series. If you didn't get popcorn on the way in, you feel free to go on out and get refills. This is my... Well, I'm glad I don't drink because I've lost track of how many sacks I've had. Well, we're glad that you're here. Uh, if you're here for the first time, a special welcome to you. We don't have popcorn every Sunday, but hey, we might start a new fad. So we're glad you're here, and we trust that you'll have a heartwarming experience with Jesus Christ today. We've had uh, 38 youth and adults go to Austin, Texas, and they're back now. How many of you went? Yeah, there's several here, yes, and there were several in the service. Wow. <clears throat> Going and serving people uh, who experience food scarcity and uh, in that great city, and many lessons have been learned, and you'll be hearing about them in times to come. We also have uh, some of those same folks going to camp this week. Who's going to camp this week? All right. Down at Horizon, we've got about a half a dozen uh, uh, high school youth that are going to camp, and uh, since they're going to camp this week, that, that'll bring the cool front through, and it'll be uh, all better. Yeah, we're glad you're here. I hope that you'll take note of the announcements that are in your bulletin. Uh, it's always helpful information, and feel free to participate at whatever level works for you. Uh, I do want to make mention that in the Wichita Eagle today, there is an opinion column that starts out 30 area ministers, and uh, I wanted you to know that uh, pastors Maria, Daniel, and myself have signed on to that opinion. In the print edition of the Wichita Eagle, uh, our names are not included, but if you go to kansas.com, you can see which clergy signed the letter. And so it, it's an opinion piece. And we don't want to tell people how to vote, but it's uh, suggesting that uh, faithful people can be on both sides of the issue. And as you read that opinion, you'll know where we're coming from. All right. Well, now it's suddenly gotten quiet in here, but it's time to make some noise. Have a holy commotion. Go get some popcorn. Let's stand and turn and greet one another in Christian love. If you don't know someone, ask their name and tell them yours.
Let us join together in the call of worship. Come, let us worship the God who came to seek and save the lost. Let us worship the God who came to seek and save each of us. Let us welcome God into our homes and our hearts. Let us give ourselves to this worship time that we may in God. Come, let us worship the God who is our hero. Let us joyfully with your hand to worship God. Let us sing together, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. me in the praying and the invocation. Holy God, as we gather to worship this day, we pray that you would open our eyes to our need for your grace, convict us of our sin, and draw us to your mercy, that we may see to right our wrongs and live accordingly to your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, who came to seek and save us, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I would like to highlight once again the school supplies that you all have been so generous to share. In fact, uh, uh, after the second service, uh, we took the, all the school supplies that were loaded into the basket under the hot air balloon back to uh, the locked area. And uh, when those who took them came back, they were already replaced. How good is that? Well, I have uh, just uh, a, a, a bit of them here to uh, remind us that we place them uh, before the presence of God in the hopes that they will be used according to God's purpose. And I thought it would be appropriate that we dedicate them. This coming week, they will be delivered to Youthville Ember Hope for use in the assistance that they provide students as they prepare 
to get ready for school this fall. And so uh, once you know, they will be delivered. It will fill up whosoever car takes them. And uh, let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the gifts of school supplies that have been given. Lord, we share what you have given to us and blessed us with, often with people for whom we do not know their names, and yet you do. We dedicate these school supplies to the purposes of your kingdom, and that your blessing would accompany them, that the children who receive them might have their eyes opened with the thrill of education and that the joys of life may be theirs to receive. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. This time we'll ask the ushers to come forward for the morning offering. See? 
you may be seated, and I would invite any children to come forward at this time for our time with young disciples. Lots of friends coming this morning. I love it. No one brought their popcorn? Oh, I'm disappointed in you. Oh, no. no. <laughs> All right. Benjamin Carson Porter, why don't you all come around? I want to be able to talk to you guys. Yes, yes, yes. I can see all your beautiful faces. Oh, uh, well, good morning. How are you all doing today? Good. Hey, I'm very excited. Today is a beautiful day because we get to talk about superheroes. Now, by a show of hands, how many of you have ever seen a Marvel movie before? Show of hands. Most, most of us have. Um, adults, show of hands. Yes, yes. Okay, um, so I want to ask, just real quick, uh, do any of you have a favorite superhero? Benjamin says Iron Man. Iron Man as well. Anybody else? Any favorite superheroes? Captain Marvel, okay. Sorry, I missed that. Wonder Woman. Okay, uh, Paul, that's great. Unfortunately, Paula, that's the uh, uh, DC superhero universe, so we're not we're, we're not talking about Wonder Woman. I'm sorry. Um, but she is great. Okay, guys, I I, I have some pictures here. Now, these are the superheroes that we're going to be talking about for the next five weeks, and I want to see if you can guess who these are. So I want to start with this one. Does anyone know who, who this... Black Panther! You got it. You guys are good. Black Panther. We're going to be talking about him in a few weeks. Okay, this is my favorite, too. This is Iron Man, and we get to talk about him today. Okay? This is also a good one. Anybody know who this is? Captain Marvel. Uh, Gary's going to be talking about this next week. And can I tell you guys just a little uh, secret? I, I kind of have a crush on Captain Marvel. So I'm excited that Gary's talking about her next week. Okay, this one, oh, you, you know him too? Well, Molly, you know all of them. You're so smart. Yeah, we know this one. Loki. So Loki's actually not a superhero. He's a villain in the movies, but, but we're going to talk about how he's more of a complicated guy. Uh, there's more to him than just the bad things he does. Uh, okay, and then lastly, this might be a little bit of a surprise, but I have one more for you. Does anyone know who this guy is up there in the tree? Sorry? God, that's a good guess. God is down below right there. See, that's Jesus. But the guy up in the tree... Zacchaeus. Wait, now wait a minute. Zacchaeus isn't a Marvel superhero, but we're going to be talking about him today too because him and Tony Stark have a lot in common. And we're, we're going to be talking about Zacchaeus. You know, he, he was a man who sometimes made mistakes. Have, have any of you ever made a mistake before? Have you ever hurt somebody's feelings before? Yeah? Uh, Zacchaeus did that too. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about him, and, and what's really cool about his experience is that when Jesus meets him, his life changes. 
So we're going to be talking about how Jesus' grace helps uh, Zacchaeus uh, fix the mistakes that he made, uh, just like Jesus helps us to fix the mistakes that we make when uh, we know that we didn't do the right thing. So we're talking about Iron Man and Zacchaeus. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to watch some movie clips. And uh, if you don't have popcorn yet, I hope you'll, you'll go and maybe get some, okay? Sound good? Well, guys, hey, so glad to be with you today. Uh, let's close in a quick prayer. So I'd invite you to repeat after me, and we'll ask the adults to help us too. Dear God, we give you thanks for this day. For superheroes and for your grace that helps us live better. Let us know that you love us, even when we make mistakes. Amen. Amen. I know, I've seen her shoes. Aren't they so cool? Hey, thanks for being here, y'all. Uh, and for telling me about your favorite superheroes, all right? Please stand if you are able. Today's first scripture lesson comes from Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was, and was passing through it. A man there named Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, but he, because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry up and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of the one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he, too, is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You may be seated. Would you join me in an attitude of prayer? Gracious God, for the gift of this day, we give you thanks, and we pray that as we settle our hearts, that you would let us listen to you. May these words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts here and online be pleasing in your sight, O oh God, for you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I hope you did grab some popcorn. Um, I have not had any today because it's going to dry out my mouth, but as soon as the service is over, I'm going to get myself a big bag of popcorn. It is an exciting day, uh, and I am so glad to get to uh, launch us into our new sermon series, The Gospel According to Marvel. For the next five weeks, we'll be taking a look at uh, those five superheroes that we just met at our Time for Young Disciples and exploring what their stories might be able to teach us about our Christian faith. Now, this is going to be a lot of fun, and i got to admit to you, I am so excited. Uh, never before in my career as a pastor have I been able to watch a movie in the office and call it work. 
it was a great week, a great way to spend a Monday morning. Uh, it's going to be a good few weeks. Now, I'm very aware that not all of us are into superheroes. Not all of us have seen the Marvel movies, and that's okay. Uh, we're going to watch a few clips here uh, so we can kind of get a sense of what's going on in the film. But whether or not you're a diehard Marvel fan, I think we can all admit that these superhero movies have become a cultural phenomena. It seems like every few months there's a new Marvel movie coming out. In fact, uh, just to put this into context for us, since the first uh, modern Marvel movie came out in 2008, that was 14 years ago, Marvel has released 29 films. So that's a lot of films. And together, the combined box office for those 29 films is well over $27 billion. It's a lot of money. In fact, if you were to look at a list of the top five highest-grossing movies of all time, the five films that have made the most money, two out of the top five are Marvel movies. Whether you like superheroes or not, these films have become a cultural phenomena, and I'm curious to ask why. What is it about these action movies that have captivated us, our society, our community, in such a compelling way so as to spend $27 billion on watching them? We're going to be exploring that over the next five weeks. I'm also excited because today we get to start this series by talking about my favorite superhero, and that is Iron Man. So we're going all the way back to 2008, to the first modern Marvel movie, the film that ignited this Marvel movie madness, and that is the 2008 film Iron Man. Now, for those of you who haven't seen this movie, just a little context for you here. In this movie, we meet the billionaire Tony Stark, uh, who is played by the wonderful, talented, and beautiful human being Robert Downey Jr., uh, Tony is the CEO of Stark Industries, a massive company that specializes in developing and selling weapons. Tony is a smart man. He's described as a genius and a visionary. When, when he took over his father's company after his dad died, he, he really transformed it from just a small weapons company to a massive international conglomerate. He used his intelligence to develop new weapons, technologies, and robotics that transformed the weapons industry and in the process made him very, very rich. In fact, uh, we learn about Tony that at the age of four, uh, that is when he built his first circuit board. At the age of six, when most of us were playing games in kindergarten, Tony built his first engine. And at the age of 17, he graduated cum laude from MIT. He's a really smart guy. But he's also a massive jerk. And we learned this pretty early on. We learn that he is flawed. He's human. He's cocky arrogant, brash, selfish. He's a womanizer. He's a guy who doesn't really seem to care about anything or anybody except himself and his own success. 
and I think this is part of what makes him so compelling because he's not perfect. He's human like you and me. Now, just as a quick aside, I want to make a note because I think this is actually part of why Marvel movies are so genius and have been able to make so much money. Because as a general rule, none of the Marvel superheroes are perfect. As a matter of fact, none of them are perfect. They're all human beings. They're all flawed. They're all complex. And these Marvel movies... I think what we're going to discover in various ways throughout the next five weeks is that although they are stories about superheroes, what they really are are human stories played out through superheroes. None of them are morally perfect. None of them are infallible. None of them are destructible. Tony is just a man in a suit. There's no Superman in the Marvel Universe, just like there's no Wonder Woman. Sorry, Paula. <laughs> Superman is not a human. He's an alien who is perfect and morally just. But all the Marvel characters, they're like you and me. And I think this means that there is the ability, the possibility, for us to imagine ourselves in their shoes, for us to imagine ourselves even as potential heroes despite our own character flaws and faults. Now, like I said, there is nothing heroic about Tony Stark when you meet him at the beginning of the movie. He is self-absorbed. He is obnoxious. But very early on in the movie, we see that Tony's character arc begins to take him on a journey of transformation, beginning in the opening scene when he's captured by terrorists. The movie opens and Tony is driving in an armored convoy on his way to a weapons demonstration to show off his latest uh, innovation, which is called the Jericho Missile. And as they're on the way to this demonstration, the convoy is attacked by a terrorist group called the Ten Rings. And the Ten Rings kidnap Tony and put him in captivity. They put him in a cave because they want Tony to build for them a Jericho missile. And during the firefight, Tony sees American soldiers die right in front of him, die from weapons that Tony designed and built and sold. In fact, Tony himself, in the very first scene, he almost dies by an explosive missile that lands right next to him, a missile that bears his name. Now, he's in captivity for about three months, and he manages to escape without building the missile for the terrorist group. Uh, and when he returns to the United States, he tells his assistant, Pepper Potts, that he wants two things and only two things. The first is an American cheeseburger, makes perfect sense. And the second is for Pepper to call a press conference. And everybody is wondering, what is the great Tony Stark going to say? Let's watch and see how Tony responds and reacts to his three months in captivity.
So for those of you tuning in on the live stream, uh, for copyright, uh, we can't show you the movie clip, but I want to tell you about what's going on in the scene that we are uh, watching right now. In this particular scene, uh, Tony Stark, our main character, has just uh, returned to the United States after three months in captivity. And when he lands, he says he wants two things. He wants, first of all, an American cheeseburger, and then he wants to call a press conference. And so the scene opens up, and he arrives at this press conference, and everybody is excited to see that Tony has returned alive and well, but everybody is unsure and uh, really wants to know what Tony is going to say. And at this press conference, Tony reveals to the reporters gathered uh, that he is really wrestling with what he saw in Afghanistan. He saw the weapons that he designed in the hands of terrorists. He saw weapons that he designed kill American soldiers. Uh, he saw weapons that bear his name uh, almost kill him. He has seen the dark side of the weapons industry that has made him a billionaire, and it is clear that it has rocked him to the core and convicted him in very deep ways. The scene comes to a climax when one of the reporters asks him, what happened over there? And Tony responds by saying, I had my eyes opened. I had my eyes opened, and I came to realize that I had more to offer this world than just making things that blow up. And then he announces to everybody's surprise that Stark Industries, his own company, will no longer sell weapons. So I hope you saw that he got his cheeseburger, very important, but of course more important than the cheeseburger is what's happening in Tony's heart here. Now, I wish that we had time to, to see a clip from the beginning of the film so you could see how the Tony in this scene is not the Tony that you meet at the beginning. This is a Tony that has been humbled by what he's seen and what he's experienced. I hope you heard what the reporter asked him. He said, what happened over there? And Tony's response was, I had my eyes opened. What were his eyes open to? His eyes were opened to the fact that his weapons, his company, his life was causing damage, destruction, 
and harm. This is a scene of great conviction. It is a scene that marks the beginning of Tony's inward transformation, where his heart is beginning to change. Now he's still the cocky guy that we meet at the beginning, but something is beginning to happen to him. Tony's had his eyes opened, and he knows that something needs to be done. He just can't stand by and do nothing. And so he says, Stark Industries will not be selling weapons anymore. And not everybody's happy about that. But Tony's had his eyes opened, and he knows that this is the right thing. Now, we're going to watch one more scene that kind of tracks with Tony's uh, inward transformation. And in this next scene, Tony is in his lab uh, talking again with his assistant, Pepper. And, and in this scene, uh, Tony has just learned that while he was in captivity, his company, Stark Industries, has been selling weapons illegally and under the table to terrorist groups like the Ten Rings. And for Tony, learning this is the final straw. Let's keep watching and see what happens. So now we jump to a later scene in the movie. And in this scene, Tony is talking in his lab with his assistant, Pepper. And, and this scene comes right after Tony learns that his colleague, Obadiah, has been selling his weapons illegally under the table to terrorist groups around the world. Now, obviously, this makes Tony very mad. He does not like the fact that his uh, weapons are being used to cause harm. And so he tells Pepper that he wants her help to find where these illegal weapons are so he can use his new Iron Man suit to find them and destroy them. Now, the thought of this scares Pepper. She knows that this mission is dangerous and that Tony could possibly be killed. So at first she says, no, Tony, I'm not going to help you. This is too dangerous. But Tony helps her see how important this mission is to him. He says, I shouldn't be alive unless it was for a reason. I'm not crazy, Pepper. I just finally know what I have to do, and I know in my heart that it's right. Pepper sees how important this mission is to Tony, and she agrees to help. But she makes sure that Tony knows how important he is to her, as if pleading with him to be careful. You're all I have too, you know, she says as she leaves his lab. So uh, just to recap, in case you missed it, what's happening here is, is Tony is telling Pepper that he wants to use his new Iron Man suit to go around the world, find his weapons, and destroy them. He feels this is what he has to do to make right the wrongs 
that he's committed. Now, Pepper at first is not on board with this. She, she cares deeply for Tony and knows that this mission will be extremely dangerous. Remember, Tony is not uh, 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 impervious to harm. He's a human. He, he can die, and Pepper doesn't want this, but, but Tony is able to convince her that this is what needs to happen because he's had his eyes open to the hurt and the pain that he has caused, and he is taking it upon himself to right those wrongs. He has seen his sin, so to speak, and so is trying to do all he can to change his behavior. See, in that first scene that we saw, we, we witnessed that Tony's heart was beginning to change. But in this scene, we see it's more than just a change of heart. It's a change of action that happens to Tony. He says, I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm going to commit my life. I'm going to commit my genius, my power, my brilliance, everything that I have to good, not to harm. And for Tony, this means developing a state-of-the-art Iron Man suit with all kinds of cool gadgets and gizmos that he'll use to fly around the world and protect instead of hurt the most vulnerable. Tony will become the Iron Man. Now, in this transformation of both heart and behavior, Tony models for us in a really cool way what it means to repent. Now, in our Christian faith, uh, repentance is that experience where we have our eyes opened to the sin and the harm that we have caused, and we commit to turning around and going a different direction, away from those patterns that cause harm and towards the good, towards God. Now, we may not be an arrogant billionaire selling uh, deadly weapons all around the globe, but we need to recognize that our hands are powerful. Our words are powerful. Our actions are powerful. And we have this power to hurt and to heal. The act of repentance involves realizing the way that our hands have hurt and committing to turn in a different direction and seeking to move towards God. It isn't just about the change of heart, but it's about that change of action that Tony models for us. And when we do this, we put the past behind us and we commit to a new, transformed life with God's help. Now, Tony Stark, uh, he is not the first person to model repentance for us. We see a very similar thing going on in the story of Zacchaeus that Gary read for us. Now, just a really brief context about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector uh, which means that we can pretty safely assume that he was a giant jerk like Tony. Now, I'm not saying that anybody who works with taxes or for the IRS is a jerk. Absolutely not. Because back in those days, being a tax collector was more than just making sure that people paid what they owed. A tax collector often worked uh, in cahoots with the Roman 
government, the government that was oppressing the Hebrew people. And more often than not, these tax collectors would not just collect what they were going to give to pay the Roman authorities, but they would extort and get more and pocket the rest as profit. They would often betray their fellow brother and sisters, their families, their community members, all in the name of a prophet. So like Tony, we can assume that Zacchaeus might have been a little greedy. He, he might have been a little selfish. He maybe was in need of that change of heart and that change of life, just like Tony. And what I love about how Luke tells this story is that he says, Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. In verse 3, it says, because Zacchaeus is so short, he can't see over the crowd. So that's why he climbs that sycamore tree, so he can see Jesus. See what this man is all about. This is what Zacchaeus wants to do. And at some point in the, in the, in the story, maybe when he sees Jesus or when Jesus comes to his house for dinner, Zacchaeus not only sees Jesus, but he has his eyes opened. He has his eyes opened to the way that his practices and his behavior has caused harm. And Zacchaeus shows what it means to repent. He has that change of heart when he sees Jesus, when his eyes are opened, but then he commits to turning around and moving towards a different direction. He says, I will give back... um, half of what I make to the poor, and if I've betrayed anybody, if I've wronged anybody, I will pay them back fourfold. Do you hear the similarities between Zacchaeus's experience and Tony's experience? Both of them have their eyes opened, and they try with the best of their abilities to right their wrongs, to repent, and to move forward in a different direction. And as a result, Jesus says that salvation has come to Zacchaeus' house because he had that change of heart that led to that change of behavior, and he experienced the transformation that is possible with God's grace. Now, we may not be Tony Stark, we may not be Zacchaeus, but we do have the power to cause harm. And all too often, this power to hurt is realized in our world. Sometimes we do it on purpose. A lot of times we do it on accident. But the invitation of Jesus for us today is to invite God to open the eyes of our hearts, to show us the ways in which our sin, our mistakes, our harm has hurt not only ourselves, but our neighbors, so that we can have our eyes opened, turn a different direction, and commit to moving forward in the direction of transformation and healing and wholeness. Now, this can be painful. It is not easy for us to have our eyes open to the ways that we've caused harm. It is always easier to put our head in the sand and pretend that we are infallible, indestructible, and morally superior. But we are not supermen. 
we're not perfect. We are Tony Stark. We are Iron Man. We are Zacchaeus. We need to see. We need to have the eyes of our hearts opened. The thing about opening our eyes, though, is that God never just convicts us of our sin. God shows us grace and always gives us the strength we need to keep moving forward, to right the wrongs, and to move towards a transformation of life. That's what it's always been about. That's what it will always be about. The famous hymn writer John Newton, I think, got it right when he wrote those famous lyrics. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came to open our eyes. Jesus came to save and to transform you. So would we dare to ask ourselves this morning, how do our eyes need to be opened? How do we, how do you need to be honest with yourselves about the ways in which you, like Tony Stark and Zacchaeus, have used the power in your hands to cause harm instead of good? If your eyes have been opened and you can see, what does it look like to move forward in a new direction? For Tony, it meant becoming Iron Man. And for Zacchaeus, it meant paying restitution. But for you, it will look differently. May we have the courage to invite God to open our eyes. That we would not only see but that by God's grace, we would turn and move a different direction, the direction of a changed heart and a changed life by that amazing, amazing grace of God that will never give up on you, even if you're an arrogant billionaire named Tony Stark. Thanks be to God. Amen. So each time I hear your sermon, I'm, this song just keeps coming up in my heart. And so I'm going to do something a little different, and you can send me hate mail later. But if you would bow your head, I would love to sing this hymn. <clears throat> Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see I want to see Do you know it? Please sing. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you, I want to see you, 
to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, 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 I want to see you. Amen. Thank you, Justin. I was thinking that song, but uh, you sang it. Thank you so much. Uh, Daniel, I want to say thank you for uh, reminding us that uh, repentance is more than just saying, I'm sorry. It uh, represents a change of heart, a change of direction, and uh, the transformation is a witness of our true confession. We come now to a time of prayer. I invite you to uh, open the eyes of your heart and look for the Jesus in our midst and let him inform how you see yourself, how you see others, and the direction of your life. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we have come here today because we love you. We have come here today because we know we need you. Our sins are ever before us. We're painfully aware of decisions we've made, actions we've taken that have been contrary to your will. thank you for reminding us again that you are a God who loves whom you have created that includes us and your love is so deep so thorough that you have forgiven our sins as far as the east is from the west and you have remembered them no more And though we remember our sin and learn from it, we are thankful. We are thankful for your grace. Help us to forgive ourselves as you have forgiven us. We long to serve you with our lives. And we know that you have gifted us for tremendous things through your spirit, through our experiences. May that direction and way be opened up to us. We thank you for the privilege of being a part of this great congregation. Yeah, we're not perfect. And yet we are grateful to be a part of what you are blessing in this world. Whether it be through school supplies or food given to a food bank or service in Austin, Texas, or transformation that happens at church camp. 
we want to walk with you. Now we would ask that you would walk with those who are hurting, that you'd be with those that we named before you, Dee Dee Snively, Pat Knight, Mary Brody, Sue Bloomer, Terry Finger, Bonnie Collins, Uwa Aweha, Sarah, Martha, Jim, Perry, Matthew, Ed, be with Aaron McMillan, one of our youth that has some tough roads to go. Would you be with April Curry, Tura Burnett, as they struggle with life? And Lord, we know that many of our number have gotten COVID. We ask that you'd be very close to them and grant healing and hope. May by something that we do individually and collectively, may wars be less of a need. May joy be more of an option and reconciliation the way of your people. Guide us in the road ahead. May the gospel that we see in these movies and in our lives, our church, our homes, may it ever be for us and may its lessons grant us freedom and resolve for the road ahead. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice and for his triumph over death. We claim that victory now as we go our way and as we pledge our lives once again to the purposes of your kingdom. I pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us stand as we sing our closing hymn, Amazing Grace.
Friends, as we go from this place, may, may the words of that song be the prayer on your lips. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. May God show you that amazing, amazing grace, the grace that has brought you this far and will continue to lead you home. Go from this place in the love and strength of God to serve the world. Amen.